Open your Bibles, please, to the book of Micah. I'll sit down and wait for a while. We'll, we'll have a series of songs and specials while you find it. I clear, I turned right to it. Yeah, I know that book. I served my time this afternoon trying to find it. Can you find the table of contents? <laughs> I was in Texas. I'd say open your Bibles to Micah. Micah chapter 6, one verse. Verse 8. Now, it's going to take you another 15 minutes to find verse 8. This is one of the most all-inclusive verses in the entire Bible. He hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee. That's interesting, isn't it? What does the Lord require? Exactly what does God require of you? Here it is. But to do justly and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. What a verse. There it is. There are certain places in the Bible where questions are asked that we wonder about. For example, uh, uh, how do you get saved? There's one place in the Bible that says, uh, the question is asked, what must I do to be saved? And so whatever that answer is, is the way to get saved. Now here it is. <coughs> it says, what doth the Lord require of thee? And three things. To do justly. Love mercy, walk humbly with the Lord thy God. Keep your Bibles open. I'm going to explain that in a few minutes as I teach the second in a brief series of lessons on the subject of justice. Our Heavenly Father, I believe that probably the thing that Christians do the most that's wrong is to judge wrongly. I suspect the sin of injustice is the one most committed by Christian people. We don't mean to. We want to be just. We want to be right. But we do not know what justice is all about. So tonight we're going to continue searching the Scriptures to see what it is all about. Help us as we do. Amen. And our Father, give us attentiveness to the Word of God and its teaching at this place tonight. Please help us to teach properly this vital truth of justice. Amen. The Bible says, when the question is asked, what doth the Lord require thee? The first thing that's mentioned is do justly. That's the first thing. The most important thing in the Christian life is to be just and to do justly. Now, I described what justice is last week. Justice is the balancing of the scale. Here we have a scale perfectly balanced. Someone does something wrong. The scale is not balanced. <coughs> justice is penalizing that person equivalent or commensurate to the crime that was committed. If, they, if, if the scale is balanced here, somebody does something that's wrong, 
and no punishment is meted out, that isn't just because the scale is not balanced. If too much punishment is meted out, that isn't just because too much punishment keeps the scale from being balanced. Now, I made mention last week <coughs> that there are five, uh, five things that we ought to know. Now, I want you to follow me carefully. I think, I think it's pitiful how quickly we are to judge somebody. And by justice, I'm not talking just about a uh, judge in a court or a principal in a school or a teacher in a class or a pastor in a church or a coach on a team or a, city, or a mayor of the city. I'm talking about you judging in your heart. Everybody here has to make judgment. We have to do it. Now then, there are five things I said last week. Number one, I said, us only one has perfect justice. Say that. Only one has perfect justice. I said, number two, no two people agree on justice. Say that. No two people always agree on justice. That means that if I and, and uh, Brother Colston here disagree on justice, since only one has perfect justice, that means sometimes I'll be right and he'll be wrong, and sometimes he'll be right and I'll be wrong. But we do not know, neither of us knows, when, when who's right and who's wrong. All we can do is make our judgment and so forth and think we're doing justly, but we don't know. All right, I said, number one, only one has perfect justice. I said, number two, no two people always agree on justice. Number three, then if that be true, then I should not require you to reconcile your justice to mine. Or you should not require me to reconcile my justice to yours. Because I'm not God and you're not God. And since only God has perfect justice, if we disagree on justice, we should not require each other to agree on what is just. Look, in a home, for example, um, uh, in, in, a, in a home that has children, um, uh, mothers and fathers do not always agree on justice in the discipline of the children. In fact, mothers and fathers rarely totally agree. The mother is usually the woman that, that uh, she says, if you do that again, I'm going to spank you. And does it again. And she says, if you do that again, I'm going to spank you. And, she, and the child does it again. And the mother says, you, you do that one more time. I'm going to spank you. And the father wants to say, you big liar, why don't you tell the truth to that child? That's the way women usually do it. Now, men are the opposite. Men are the executioners. Um, when the child does it, the man says, you just did it. You're going to get it. And <coughs> so the mother says, uh, oh, please, don't kill him, don't kill him, don't kill him, don't kill him. And the father says, I'll kill him if I want to. And uh, the mother, most mothers are in cahoots with the welfare department. But, but now there's a difference. All right. Now then, the honest truth is, when you don't agree with the discipline of your child, then uh, who's right? You don't know who's right. The mother thinks she's right. The father thinks he's right. But only God has perfect justice. Consequently... Uh, no two people have the same justice because nobody else has perfect justice. And if you think that you are always right on what the justice is, then you're becoming God yourself. You're placing yourself in the place of God. And you become an idolater by bowing at the feet of your own self as your own God. Now, uh, I said, number one, only one has perfect justice. I said, number two, no two people have the same justice. I said, number three, then none of us should require the rest of us or any of us to be reconciled with his concept of justice. Number four, 
We should decide that if a person is sincere or not. And number five, if we think that person is sincere in his desire to be just, then we should not make him, we should allow for disagreement with him. Now listen, folks, no way in the world that, that uh, Mr. We don't have any principles up here, do we? Uh, there's no way in the world that Mr. Sisson is going to always be just as you see it at the grade school. No way. <coughs> so so <coughs> you're, you're going to disagree with him. Now, you should not require Mr. Sisson to always make the decisions as you think Mr. Sisson ought to make the decisions. Um, so I'm simply saying that, uh, number one, only God has perfect justice. Number two, no two people always agree on justice. Number three, we should not require each other to agree with us on justice. Number four, decide if a person is sincere. And if that, and number five, allow that person to differ with you and, uh, and give him the possibility he may be right. Oh, heaven forbid that you'd ever be wrong. But if you live long enough, you may be wrong sometimes on justice. Now, that'll solve your problem with your husband. That'll solve your problem with your wife. That'll solve your problem with your child's school teacher. That'll solve your problem with your friends. Uh, you, um, uh, you will not always have to think you're right. Now then, um, how about it when we disagree? All right, now, God says that we're supposed to first do justly. What does the Lord require? Do justly, love mercy, walk humbly with thy God. Now, follow me very carefully. The word do justly means only punish when you know punishment, know the crime has been committed, and punish according to the degree of the crime. In other words, if somebody, if, if you, if you are a parent and you know a child has done something wrong, hey, let's use a few illustrations. Suppose some money is missing from your purse or your billfold. Well, if you billfold, you know your wife got it. But I mean, but suppose some money is missing from your purse. Now, you're going to say, well, <coughs> my, my, my son or my daughter took that money. Listen now. My son took that money or my daughter took that money. Now, the truth is you don't know they took that money. There's always the possibility that you spent that money and did not remember spending that money. Or there's a possibility that you, did not, you do not remember exactly how much money was in there. Now, if you don't know that child took that money, you should not punish that child. Listen to me now. You should not punish that child for taking that money. I mean, it's a tragic crime the way we just up and punish somebody and call them something because somebody says they did thus and so or because it seems like they did thus and so. Now, to do justly means you never punish anybody who should not be punished. Now, that's the first thing the Lord requires you, Dr. Jorgensen. The first thing God requires of you as vice president of Howells Anderson College is to be sure that everybody who's punished is guilty of the crime for which they're punished. That's the first thing. And the first thing, Mother, that God expects of you and requests of you, what does the Lord require of you, is for you to only punish that child when you know that child is guilty. I've said this many times. Dr. Jorgensen, Dr. Evans, Mr. Sisson, Mr. O'Claire, Mr. Weber... Mr. Vogel and, uh, and, 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 uh, and Brother Young, I've said it many times. I had brother let a hundred guilty people go free than to punish one innocent person. Now, if it, there's ever any doubt at all about guilt, I don't, believe, I don't vote to punish. Now, I don't, I don't make these decisions by myself. And in the college, <coughs> Dr. Jorgensen, Dr. Evans and I, I make the decisions and the rules are already made out. And the same thing's true of the principles. I don't make decisions by myself, but I have a vote. And I myself never, I mean never, I mean never, 
vote to punish a child or vote to punish a, 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 a student at the college unless I am sure that they committed the crime. I don't mean unless I'm, I suspicion they committed the crime. No, unless I know they committed the crime. Now, that's the first thing God wants you to do. Look, we, we jump at people so quickly. We hear something, it must be true. Um, and uh, we, uh, we, we, it looks like to us, so-and-so did something, and so it, they must have done No, they did not necessarily do it. And if you do not know they did it, and you punish them, that's unjust. And God said the first thing he requires of you is to walk justly. Very interesting. didn't say the first thing he requires of you is not to watch uh, a VCR. It's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, well, uh, I'm, I'm getting almost no amens from you college preacher boys tonight. I'm talking about the first thing that God requires of you. Now, I could holler up here about VCR movies, and I'd have you all rolling down the aisles. You see how perverted you are? You're perverts. You're perverted. See, your concepts are the most important thing for Christians to do, and God's are not the same. God's concept is to do justly. What doth the Lord require of thee? Number one, do justly. That's God's top priority for a Christian. Do justly. Uh, punish your children justly. Punish your students justly. Treat your students justly. Treat, uh, treat those under you justly. Treat your ball team, if you're the coach, justly. If you're a pastor, treat the church justly. And you be sure that you do justly. Listen now, young people. Hey, no talking back there. No talking. I'm talking. I want you to hear me, and I want the folks behind you to hear me. Now, you listen to me. The first thing God requires of us is to do justly. Only punishing when you K-N-O-W know the crime has been committed. Now, we're on the same subject here. It says first, do justly. Now it says, love mercy. Now, what does that mean? It's still talking about, <coughs> about justice. Love mercy. What is mercy? Mercy is not believing it when you don't know. That's mercy. You see? So, do justly means punish when you know. And mercy is, don't believe it when you don't know. So, what does it mean? It means you give the student the benefit of the doubt if you don't know. You give the child the benefit of the doubt if you don't know. You give the church member the benefit of the doubt if you don't know. Illustration. One week, a number of years ago, I had a report that two deacons were smoking. I went to one day, and somebody said they saw him. Now, because somebody said they saw smoking does not mean they were smoking. First place, a guy could be, he could be doing something like this, and, and, and tying his shoe, and, and he, he looked like a cigar in his mouth. In second place, uh, it could be that somebody has it in for somebody. In the third place, it could be that the guy looked like he was smoking, or somebody that looked like him was smoking, and he wasn't smoking. I went to one deacon, and I said, <coughs> I heard that you're smoking. He said, yes, I'm, I, I am. I, I, I'm a deacon now. I promised to quit. But he said, I just cannot quit. And I said, well, I, <coughs> I can't. I'm not going to put you off the board, but you know what the rule is. And he said, of course I know what the rule is. And I resigned the board. I went to the other deacon, and I said, somebody said they saw you smoking. And he said, I've never smoked a cigarette since I've been a deacon. And I said, they told me, <coughs> it was on the corner of Douglas Street, and Holman Avenue, on the northeast corner, at a certain, certain time, on a certain, certain day. They said that. Now, I said, <coughs> is that true? He said, no, it is not true. Oh, did I know he was smoking or not? 
Okay, so what? I love mercy. I don't think he smoked. I don't think he smoked. No, I don't think so. Well, you said, Brother Hiles, what if you prove wrong? I'm often proved wrong. And I'm always glad, even when I prove wrong, that I, that, I, that I showed mercy. I'd rather show mercy and be proved wrong that way than to say you're guilty and I know it, and I'm going to take you to the deacons, they're going to vote you off the board, and the guy may have been innocent. I'm simply saying, why aren't we as interested in showing mercy as we are executing? Now, what does the Lord require of thee? Not to watch movies? So it says first. What does the Lord require of thee? Not to curse? That's not what it says first here. What does the Lord require of thee? What are the things that God requires? One, do justly. Do justly. Don't punish anybody unless you know they, they're guilty. Number two, uh, <coughs> not believing it when you don't know. Number three, walk humbly with thy God. Now, that's still the same subject. Same subject of justice. What is it? <coughs> Do justly. Only punish when you know the crime has been committed. Love mercy. Grant. Uh, don't believe it when you don't know. And then walk humbly with thy God. What does it mean? Not thinking you're better than those that you, that you, that you that investigated. It means not even judging them in your mind. Well, I bet you he did it. The Bible says walk humbly with the Lord thy God. Well, I tell you what, nobody's going to convince me she didn't do it. The Bible says walk humbly with thy God. The word humble, listen to the young ladies, the word humble is, by the way, you may need some of this. I, some of you folks may not be too good Christians. You may, I, I'm sure most of you college students and high school students are such good Christians, you wouldn't need this. But there might be somebody around you that hadn't been saved but 50 years, and, uh, and, and they might need it. And I'm sure you don't need it, but, but, but somebody here might need it that's around you. So sit, sit there and shut up or I'm going to do justice to you. All right? I'm simply saying... What does God require? He requires to do justly. That's action. Do justly. What else? Love mercy. That means if, 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 if you don't know the crime of the child, look at it. Be merciful with the child. I wonder how many children have been jerked up and spanked. They haven't had a chance to tell what they're doing. And then walk humbly. <coughs> now, Illustration. We find some dirty magazines in a boy's dorm room. I remember we did one time. We called the Jack Scott in. And the three roommates that he shared. No, but we, we, uh, we find a dirty magazine in a boy's dorm room. Now, if, if that fellow right there can't get them to tell the truth, nobody can. That is the shrewdest man alive right there. Shrewdest man. He has more tricks than the FBI. The truth is, he ought to teach the FBI how to find the truth about something. He can find some. He is, he can prove folks have done things they didn't even do. <laughs> how many of you would vouch for that? All right. Now, okay. Dr. Jorgensen comes in, and I'm bringing you into our meeting. I'm telling you some stuff you really ought not to know. But since you're not listening, you won't hear it anyway. <laughs> but now Dr. Jorgensen comes in and says, We found a Playboy magazine in a boy's dormitory, and there are four boys in that room. And every evidence points that it was this boy. 
I said, did he admit it? No. Do you know? The magazine was his. No. All right, now I'm asking a question. If I don't know, I can't punish. I have personally suspicion that some girl put it in there. Tossed it in the window. But anyway. But, but, but I don't know. Now, if, if we cannot satisfy, I don't mean satisfy our, our suspicions. I mean, if we do not know, K-N-O-W, I had rather than all four boys be guilty and go free and punish one boy wrongly. Ladies and gentlemen, we fundamental Baptists are the worst in the world about this. I mean, we just, we just decide on this little whim, that little whim. And uh, so God said, what does the Lord require of thee? Do justly. Only okay, illustration again. Two people share in a wrong. They do it together. And their stories are different. Boy, you've heard that time and time again. In fact, you and Dr. Evans have done wrong, and you have shared, told different stories to me. But, but, but they don't agree on, and we don't know. There's no way in the, in the world we can know. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if we don't know, then we can't execute justice. We cannot do justice unless we know. Well, you say we're the highest. But if you never know, then you never execute justice. The basis of the entire criminal system of our country is not this way, but it's totally this way, is that a person is innocent until he is proved guilty. That's the whole criminal system. Proved guilty. Proved guilty. All right? Do justice, first thing. You prove somebody guilty, and you know it before you punish. Well, you, I don't mean you say, well, I just know it. That's not what I have in mind. Well, I just... Well, how do you know? I just... Well, it's, it's my intuition. Now, if that's a man, that's wrong. A lady's intuition is always right. But, all right, what does the Lord require of thee? First, do justly. Only punish people, listen to me, who you, whom you know are guilty. What else? To love mercy. What does that mean? It means that you do not believe it when you don't know it. And thirdly, walk humbly with high God. You never look down on somebody as having done, as if they had done something you don't know they did it. Now then, let's leave that and go to our new thrust tonight. I want to talk tonight about the response to justice. Open your Bibles to Romans chapter 12 and verse 19. Romans chapter 12. And verse 19. Dearly beloved, read, read that verse out loud with me, please. Verse 19, Romans 12. Ready? Dearly beloved, avenge not yourself, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written... Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Now, the word... Okay, let, uh, let, me, let me read the next, the next verse, and you don't have to read it. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire upon his head. Every time I think about that, I think about the guy I talked to. Uh, his wife was... Uh, <coughs> was uh, uh, he, he was... Uh, she was giving him trouble, they were having a fuss. And I said, did you ever, did you ever think about heaping coals of fire upon her head. No, he said I poured scalding water down her dress one time, but never thought about coals of fire upon her head. I had a, I had a singer one time. <coughs> a singer one time. 
And, I, and, and he and his wife, they called me. They were having a big fuss. And uh, I said, Mrs. Broadway. Um, <laughs> no, this was not in Hammond. This was in, in another church. And uh, <laughs> they called me. And I said, look, I'll call him Joe. I said, look, Joe, why don't you do what the Bible says? And he coals a fire upon her head. And he said, I just got through putting banana pudding on her hair. He had taken the entire, no, no, she had him. She had taken the entire bowl of banana pudding and put it in his hair. Now, somebody's going to heap something on my head. That's about as good a thing as I know of. And, but anyway, so look at verse 19 again. Did it beloved? Avenge not yourselves. Now, the word avenge in line one and the word vengeance in line three. <coughs> vengeance is mine. Follow me carefully. Is a word that comes out of the word justice. Now, I don't have time to go and teach the Greek, and I don't know enough about it to do it. <coughs> but, but the word for justice, hear me now, the word for revenge or avenge is the word justice with the word out of in front of it. It means out of justice. It means... Um, that means your response to justice. It means responding to what I think is wrong justice. It means getting back to what I think is injustice. Follow me. The word avenge, now let me, let me follow me carefully. The word vengeance or avenge does not mean that any time a person does something, we're supposed to forgive them. It means that when proper justice for the proper authority has been performed, that we should respond to that properly. It is our response to justice. Illustration. A mother disciplines a child. Now, uh, the father says, that's wrong, and I'll make her pay. Now, that's vengeance. Vengeance is not doing something. Vengeance is, it has nothing to do Basically, with how you respond to how people treat you. It has to do with how you respond to justice that has been needed out. Hey, okay, uh, a, a mother and father disagree on, the, on a child, the, the discipline about a child. You shouldn't have done that. All right? Now, now, the Lord says, that's his job. Vengeance is mine. Let me respond. If the mother doesn't discipline the child properly, God said, I'll see that that's settled up in the end. What God is saying is, don't slap the hands of authority. He's talking about a school teacher, a, a parent who rushes to a school teacher who gives the child some demerits or makes the child stay after school. It's the parent rushing and responding to that justice. It, the word vengeance means out of justice. In other words, don't you respond improperly to what justice somebody else needs out. If Eddie Lapina uh, here, if he has to discipline some child or young person in the teenage department. Now, I am not supposed to avenge what he did or get vengeance against what he did. He would come to me, of course, and, and my advice beforehand, but the decision is his. And if he made the decision on his own, I'm supposed to stick with authority. Authority is supposed to stick with each other. You will never, listen, you will never be, be sorry if you stick with the school teacher. When I was a boy, yes, they had schools when I was a boy. Didn't have teachers yet, but they had schools. When I was a boy, I'll guarantee you, and I'll tell you, anybody here that's over 50 years of age will say amen to this if they'll tell the truth. If we got a school, 
We got, finish it, another one at home. Now then, if a child gets a spanking at school, the teacher gets one from the parent. Now you listen to me. That's what God said. God said if wrong child, listen to me, young ladies back here, you talked enough. I, listen to me. God says if you see somebody in a place of responsibility, meeting out justice that you don't agree with, God said it's not your job to settle the account. He said, I'll take care of that. He will take care of that. That's his job. I have not always agreed with the way Mrs. Hiles disciplined our children. She has not always agreed with the way I disciplined the children. But we've never told the child or even each other that we disagree. And the children never felt that mom and dad differed. Parents, you stick together. Stick together. But you say, I tell you what, my husband left marks on the little child's bottom. It's going to leave marks on the little child's character if you do, if you, if you go another out. You stick with him. You stick with your school teacher. I'm not saying if the teacher gets a gun and, shoot, and starts shooting in the class, you say, I want to stick with the teacher. I'm not saying that. <laughs> These day, nowadays, that's not the danger. The danger is a student getting the gun and starts shooting. But... What God is saying here is, and by the way, this, this statement, vengeance is mine, is said four times in the Bible. God is simply saying, some, we're all human, and none of us knows perfect justice. And I am not always going to be right when I execute justice. And neither is Dr. Jorgens at the college, Brother Lapina, his department, Brother Young in the bus ministry, and his, uh, uh, his uh, work at City Baptist, and, and Brother Scoff as a teacher, and on and on we go. We're not always going to be right. But somebody's got to be in charge. So God has ordained that every human organization have a human leader, and that leader is chosen, and that leader is supposed to have some authority. But he's not always right. Bible said that every, sub, every soul be subject to the higher powers. Now, if that... Uh, let me go on because of time. So what is vengeance? Vengeance is what comes out of justice. Vengeance is the response to justice. Vengeance is responding to what I think is wrong justice. Vengeance is getting back to what I think is an injustice. Basically, it's anarchy. Anarchy. Every man is his own lawmaker. Every man decides what is right. I recall years ago, um, I'll, I'll use the names here. Um, if I can think of them. Well, the Graves. Dexter Graves was a, was a choir director of a children's choir. He was Sergeant Graves. No, he wasn't. He was Warden Graves. I remember one time Brother Fisk came to me and said, Brother Hyde, <coughs> Dexter Graves has put my boy out of the choir. And he said, I don't think it's right. And I said, I do. He said, you don't even know what happened. And I said, and neither do you. So when I do not know what happened, I trust authority rather than the boy. 
Well, you go, go to the house. My, my, what if my boy's innocent? At least we have stayed with authority and not, not confused your boy, and we've not given your boy a refuge where he can flee every time he does something wrong. And God said, since you're human, <coughs> he said, okay, a church has a pastor, a, a, a team has a coach, a city has a mayor, uh, a, a home has parents, a classroom has a teacher, a school has a principal, and God said, choose the best people that you can find to be in charge. And then he said, let them be in charge. And when they hand down something that is not just, God said, I will see to it that justice is, is balanced. And the followers don't all run to it and see. Now, you sit with the house. Are there ever times when leadership should be challenged? Yes. When one of those three things government's for. Protection of my person, my property, and my freedom. Though I can recall in school when my freedom was jeopardized. And my person was jeopardized. In junior high, we had a teacher named Brown. He was the meanest guy I've met in my life. But I'll tell you what, we listened to him. Every time we misbehaved, <coughs> he paddled us. He had a paddle hanging right behind him. That's back in the days we had a decent Supreme Court. Had a paddle right behind him. <coughs> And so, uh, any time we misbehave, he'd spank us in front of the class and then make us sign the paddle. That's where I learned how to write. And I still, when I sit down, have to lean lightly on one side. But every time Mr. Brown let me have it, Mama let me have it again when I got home. Now, I'm sure <coughs> Mr. Brown wasn't always just. But God said, I'll settle that. Boy, I'd love to be there when he settles it. <laughs> I hope God makes him sign the paddle. <laughs> now, God is not saying punishment is mine. Hear me carefully. He is not saying <coughs> punishment is mine. He has given us authorities in charge of punishment. But he said when punishment is meted out unjustly, then <coughs> the correction is mine. So he's not saying <coughs> punishment is mine, but the correction is mine. If your employer mistreats you, God said, I will correct it in the end. If, if, a, uh, if, you're, if you don't agree with the way your husband dismissed your child or your wife dismissed a child, then uh, God said, don't you, don't you cause any problem. Uh, I'll correct it. I'll correct it in the end. Now, then I will settle it, he said. Leave it up to me. Now, this is the reason a Christian should not go to court. Take your Bibles and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter number 6. 1 Corinthians chapter number 6. Verse number one, page twelve sixteen. There, any of you having a matter against another, go to the law before the unjust and not before the saints. What's he saying there? He's saying God's people ought to be able to take care of their own problems without going to a heathen court. He's saying it's wrong for you to sue your Christian brother. Well, Brother Hyle, his dog dug up my flower bed. Well, get you a dog. But I didn't write this. 
Look at verse number uh, six. But brother goeth to law with brother. That doesn't mean fleshly brother. <coughs> it means church members. And that before the unbelievers. Now, therefore, there is utterly a fault among you because ye go to law with one another. Well, I'm going to sue for my rights. Won't you be a good Christian and obey the Bible? Now, look at this. This is amazing. Why do ye not rather take wrong? What's he saying? He's saying, let your brother have his way. That's what he's saying. Look at it again. Why do you not rather take wrong? Why do you not rather suffer yourselves to be defrauded? The word defraud means cheated. He said, if you're a Christian, don't go wrong with him. Go ahead and be cheated. Every once in a while, I'll tell somebody that. I'll use an illustration my own life. And there's, yeah, but you're different. No, I'm not different. My, there's, no, there's no preacher's Bible and layman's Bible. God said, you're not supposed to go to law with your brother. And if there is a disagreement, give in. The Bible says, well, that's just not natural. We're talking about supernatural Christian living now. Of course it's not natural. Verse 8, nay, you do wrong and defraud and that your brethren. What he says is, don't go to law with another Christian. And that's the reason being <coughs> that God, does, it's not our job to get, to, to, to enforce justice. Now listen to me. This church is, is, is intricate. Everybody in this room is over somebody who's over you. Most of us are our own grandfathers. You teach my child in junior high, I teach your child in grade school. Or you teach my child in grade school, I teach your child in Sunday school. Or you teach my child in high school, I teach your child, I'm in charge of your child in Little League. Or you teach my child in Sunday school, I teach your child in choir. Now, the truth is, we can spend all of our time, we want to, go into each other and say, that wasn't right, that wasn't right, that wasn't right. But once justice has been given by sincere people who have God-ordained positions, then it's not your job to correct that justice. It's God's job to correct that justice. God is simply saying, I'm sticking with authority. But I'll take care of that authority. Woe be to that authority that gives the wrong punishment and doesn't do justly. But God says, let me take care of that authority, and don't you take care of that authority, because he says, I have a lot more wherewithal to take care of it than you do. Now, the honest truth is, our children went, uh, three of our children went to Hammond Baptist School. Becky was already out of school before we started. And I can still hear the children coming home and saying, my teacher said, I don't care what your name is. Remember one time Dave was playing <coughs> high school basketball team. Dr. Evans, Dr. Evans, Dr. Billings, and this is a funny story to me. Dr. Billings was back on the back, and Dave hadn't done anything right. He had, he had thrown the ball away. When he shot, he shot the wrong basket. He did everything wrong. And Coach Price left him in. 
And Dr. Dennings, you know how he was. He is. Impetuous. He jumps up on the back row, runs down there on the court, points to the coach and says, Take your house, boy, out! I don't care what his name is! What he was saying was, I don't care if Jack Howells is his dad, take the boy out. What he was saying is, you, you're leaving that boy in there because his, dad, his dad's the boss man. Now, the truth is, Dr. Billings doesn't know basketball like Coach Price does. You, you might have noticed that shortly thereafter, Dr. Billings was no longer here. <laughs> Let this be a lesson to you. But all of us, all of us are that way. <clears throat> there have been many times that I thought our children were mistreated at school, and sometimes even at Sunday school. And sometimes in the choir, when I thought they should have sung the solo part, because they sing just like their dad. What am I supposed to do? Once discipline has been meted out by proper authority, People that do not have the place of authority in that position are not supposed to settle it and make it right because they don't know what's right any more than the person that gave the, that meted out the punishment in the first place knew what was right. Only God knows what's right. So God, here's what God, basically God is saying. <laughs> in any given time of Christian leadership or leadership that I have delegated, God said, <laughs> if you don't agree with it, the best thing for you to do is accept it unless it covers one of those three things mentioned. And God said, I promise you, I promise you, I will see that justice is done. And if that leader is wrong, if Dexter Graves was wrong, in, in telling Brother Fisk, boy, he couldn't be in the choir anymore. God says, let me take care of that, Brother Fisk. If you take care of that, you'll hurt your boy. If I take care of that, I promise you, I know what justice, right justice is. You don't know. <coughs> and Dexter Graves doesn't know. So all you can do is let the man, Dexter Graves, is sincere, so let him meet the justice out. But don't you seek revenge or vengeance, which the word means coming out of justice. Don't you go into anarchy saying, this is what I think ought to be done. Let's, let's, let's do this. Let's go to court. Tomorrow, I'm going to court with a couple of our fellows who have been arrested for soul winning in a certain place, and I'm going to court with them tomorrow. I'm going to stand up when they're before the judge and tell the judge what bums they are, or what good guys they are. But I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to explain to the judge that, that they did break a little law. But, but they didn't know they were breaking it, and they're doing it for a good reason. And I'm going I'm to plead their case, if, I, if the judge let me. Let's suppose the judge says, okay, I find you fellows $100. And I say to that judge, I'm moving my membership to another courtroom. <laughs> You'll never again judge anybody I know. That's improper. If the judge makes a mistake and finds them $100, that's what the judge is there for. And judges are ordained of God. And God said, now, if they shouldn't have done it, if, if they got, he should have fined them for $50. 
I'll see to it somebody slits their tires tonight. And they'll have to pay more. I'll take care of justice. Now, God doesn't do that. But I, he said, I'll take care of seeing that justice is needed out. It is not my job to seek vengeance to the court. Now, wait a minute. Not a single person here would blow up at the judge. Or go to his house tomorrow night. Tell him what you think about what he did yesterday. Not a single person. You know why? Because you think a heathen judge has better judgment than a Christian principle. What do you think? And that's what vengeance is. Vengeance is when the individual takes matters in his own hands and tries to settle up justice. But your knowledge of justice is no better, probably not as well, good as the person in that field that's in charge of it. So God sort of says, oh boy, a couple of people down there don't agree. God says, okay, you folks that are prone to want to take justice in your own hands, God said, don't do it. That's my department. And I'll see to it that justice is needed out. Now, you'll never, as long as you live, hear anything taught nearer the Bible than what you've heard taught tonight. You never will. You never will. And you'll never hear anything taught as long as you live that'll help you as much if you'll obey the Bible in this matter. This is what the Lord requires of you. And He requires it of me also. We're going to have to have a business meeting. Have.